My name is Jan. Um, if we haven't met before, um, then hi. Please come and say hello. And I always say that to people, but I don't always remember who's new and who's not. And so if we haven't met, or even if we have and you haven't spoken to recently, please do come and say hi. Um, so today we're going to be looking at part three of Legacy. So I, um, this was a, a message that really started um, when I spoke back in August and then part two um, was in the uh, beginning of October. So really I have shared already my journey of like how did I connect with spiritual parents? What does that look like to have a spiritual parent? And then I was unpacking uh, in October some of the issues that really God had to deal um, with in me. We looked at, for those of you who were here, if you weren't, I would encourage you to have a listen because then this will make sense today what's happened before and there's a bit of a journey in terms of the messages. So we looked at actually um, an, an independent spirit, which um, is really just rejects established authority and actually means that you live your life without uh, the help or influence of other people. And actually we broke agreement with that as a church family, for those of you who are here and remember that, um, because actually it is prevalent in our nation um, and has, has infiltrated, it's part of Scottish culture and actually has infiltrated um, the church. And then we also looked at honour and we looked at serving and submission. Um, and so today, this is more of a like how-to specifics. Um, so um, I'm going to be looking at really just what actually is a spiritual parent and then sort of some of the hallmarks of one and then how would you actually connect to one. So it's going to be a bit of a practical message, more of instructional, instructional uh, teaching. And so um, one of the things that I think actually we've really lost in our nation is um, just building with future generations in mind. Um, so I love um, old churches. And if you think back, actually, if you, when you go and visit them, I love to go in and just think, wow, like think about the people who had to put this together without like cranes and, you know, all the modern technology we have now, they didn't have. And so um, one of the ones um, is York Minster Cathedral. So construction of York Minster Cathedral began in 20, 1220 and ended in 1472. So this took 252 years to complete. Absolutely insane, 252 years. And then Westminster Abbey, um, so construction of, if you go to the next one, um, Westminster Abbey, construction um, of that church building began in 1245, and then they built uh, new towers and spires, which were added and finished in 1745, which was some... 500 years later. Now, the other one that totally messes with my head is um, Arthur Guinness, who is the guy who started um, you know, the Guinness Brewery. Um, and he, um, on the 31st of December, 1759, he signed a 9,000-year lease on the St. James Gate Brewery. 9,000 year lease, which is absolutely, you, actually when you walk into the Guinness factory, if you ever go for a tour, you walk in and the, there's a copy of the lease which is built into the floor on a glass sort of circle or square, so you can actually look and see the detail of that lease. So he signed a 9,000 year lease, actually just so someone with legacy and inheritance and future generations in mind. So whilst there is I don't believe there's a Guinness family member who's still on the board. They still um, 
partially own and have shares uh, in that um, company. Absolutely mental. 9,000 years, or even like 500 years, or two, two, I mean, 252 years, like, oh yeah, 252 years, I mean, 252 years, that's like, I mean, the oldest person I think who ever lived was like 122 or whatever, that is a long time, 252 years, that's like, okay, well, we're going to get started, and I have no idea what this is going to look like, because I'll be dead and gone before it's even half up, um, and so actually, Inheritance is so important. So natural inheritance is really when, you know, mostly or majority of the time, a natural inheritance is in a cash form. And actually it is when, you know, your parents give kids like a leg up or a bit of a, a sort of start um, really to go forward with something that they didn't have uh, when they were young. And actually that allows you then if you have a, cash inheritance or whatever given to you, you actually can go further than they would have went when they first started out. And so actually can go further in, in, in our lifetime than they would have been able to in theirs. And so a spiritual inheritance is very similar because it's actually enabling the next generation to start where the previous generation left off. But actually the difference is that with a, with a spiritual inheritance, how it dif differs from a natural one um, is that actually, so a natural inheritance gives us something we didn't have before, like a big cash lump sum, but actually a spiritual inheritance almost like pulls back the curtain and is just really um, revealing what we already have permission to possess, but we just didn't realize. So it's that thing of like, actually all, like when with the elder brother in the prodigal son story, the father says to him, actually, everything I have is yours but he just wasn't walking in the fullness of it. And so actually when we have spiritual inheritance given to us, it's almost like a re like revelation that comes and stuff that comes our way that we just didn't realize. And actually what it does is it propels us forward to walk in with God in a way that we um, didn't realize that we actually had um, permission to possess. So um, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. So when we pass, when, a, when a previous generation passes on a spiritual inheritance, they are passing on knowledge and experience they've gained, um, but just truth and revelation, things that God has taught them that they want to pass on to the next generation, the next ones coming through so that actually they don't have to go through the same things, learn the same things from scratch. Um, and actually, Proverbs 13.22 even tells us this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So it's commended in scripture. But actually, I think what happens and has happened, and if you look at past like revival history across the world in the past like 2,000 odd years, actually what ends up happening is that like, I don't think that there's any generation that has successfully repassed a revival onto the next one um, effectively. And actually somewhere along the way, the ball gets dropped and so their ground gets taken and they have a breakthrough in some area. And then before you know it, that church who was like groundbreaking, revolutionary in the ways of God and new things that we'd seen in the book of Acts, now, when you look at it, they don't even believe that that's a thing that's, you know, they've become almost cessationist in their approach, but yet they were the ones that were pioneering and leading the way. And so it's that thing of actually, we need to get this passing on done well 
so that actually the things that God gives us don't get, the ball doesn't get dropped. Because all that happens is we have to be like, redig the wells. Let's like over and over starting again from scratch of like, what does it mean to be a supernatural believer who walks in the power of the spirit and does that every day? Like, how, what would, imagine what it would be like if we actually lived in a world where our, my ceiling becomes your floor is, was the thing that operated and actually that there had been 10 generations before us and the ball didn't ever get dropped. Could you imagine like the truth we would be standing on in a way that's actually now we're, we're almost having to discover stuff from scratch? Well, actually, so I just think ahead to like, you know, the great grandkids of Andy Fulton's children and think, oh my goodness, like these people are going to be like absolutely awesome. And so I just want to see like us pass on the stuff that God's given us. And that is, a, there's a two-way thing with that actually. Who are the ones um, that we need to learn from and then who are the ones that we need to pour into? Um, and so what we're going to do... Um, Oh yeah, not that. I was going to talk about that. Um, so actually, with the parable of the talents, um, you know, Jesus actually in that story condemned the guy who did nothing with what he had, and actually, the ones who were rewarded were the ones who actually stepped out, used what they had in faith, and actually did something with it. And it's that thing of actually, what are we doing with what God's given us? Are we passing it on? Are we? Are we receiving from people and then building on it? Because I think what can often happen is we're like, oh, well, I'll take all your revelation f for free. Thank you. Going to get all that for free. And then I'm going to do absolutely diddly squat with that because I'm just going to swan about my life. Yay, Jesus. But actually, what are we doing with what we've been given? What are we doing with the revelation we've received? Because we need to build on it. We need to take it further with the, the next generations in mind so that they continue to get breakthrough and what does it look like actually for them and how do we pass that on? Um, and so I um, had a spiritual granny and um, she died a few years ago. She was in her um, almost mid-90s, absolute incredible wee lady. She was called Margot. And um, actually one of the things that she did was she actually in her life paid a price over and over and over. And actually, I got to reap the benefits of the price that she paid and the battles that she won. She grew up in church where actually at a time where speaking in tongues was like, you know what, that's just, you don't do that because that died out with the apostles and it died out and with the Bible times. And actually, so they used to have these secret meetings where they would like pray in tongues together because it was literally just not, it was like, it wasn't even frowned upon. It was just completely off the grid. But they all got baptized in the Holy Spirit, these like, you know, young women. And they just pushed through and prayed together. And they had this wee group of them, um, you know, mixed different uh, Christians from different churches, like women from the Catholic Church and different ones. They'd all got baptized in the Spirit and they would meet and like pray in tongues together when no one else was, like they wouldn't even talk about it because it was so frowned upon. And yeah, I live in a day where speaking in tongues has never been controversial because she actually fought the battle and won, and actually I get to reap the benefits of that. But if I then never spoke in tongues or used that gift, it's almost like her battle would have been in vain. Do you know what I mean? So what are we doing with the victories that past generations have won for us and, and passed on to us? So I speak in tongues every day. I'm like, she's I'm like she won this for me, won that battle. And actually this is such an important gift because it does me so much good and it helps me to be led by the spirit. So I, I am a tongue prayer daily. I highly recommend it. If you aren't, 
give it a try, see how it changes your life. Um, and, um, and one of the things that she said to me once was she, she actually turned to me and she said, you know, Jan, you are seeing things happen that I have prayed about for years. And actually, what an absolute honor and privilege to be the answer to prayers, like things that they, they prayed for a breakthrough for, that they longed to see people born again on the streets or to be healed in the supermarket, you know, like just things that they long to see happen, which are like a normal occurrence for us. And yet, what are we doing um, when we're out and about in our lives? The things that others just would never have even almost dared mention the Jesus, and now we can freely talk about him and people are willing to listen. It's amazing. Um, so, in terms of spiritual fathers in the Bible, um, obviously there was Jesus, amazing. And um, he just did such a great job of raising those disciples. I think sometimes it would have been hilarious to sit in on some of their, you know, banter times when they were, like, sitting eating together, or I imagine what it might have been like. Uh, I think it would have been hilarious. Um you know, Sons of Thunder. I mean, they absolutely what a character, bunch of characters. We didn't get that name for no reason. Um, so the other other fathers I want to look at today um, are just briefly Elijah and then also Paul. So we're going to start with Elijah and then we'll pick up on Paul later. So we looked at this briefly the last time. So Elijah. Um, God spoke to him directly, told him to anoint Elisha to succeed him as a prophet. And then what happens is that we read in, uh, it's in 1 Kings 19.21, it says that um, Elisha became his servant. It doesn't say, that's it, he was a prophet there and then. So actually what he had to do was he to learn the ropes. Um, and the length of time that Elisha and Elijah uh, really were together before Elijah gets taken up to heaven is not actually obviously spelled out in scripture although we do know that um, it does say that Israel and Syria continued without war for three years and then in 1 Kings 22 um, we see that um, Ahazai reigned for two years as king before he died which was to fulfill the word that God had given to Elijah so there was definitely five years there may have been more we don't actually know um, and so five years have passed at least, um, of Elijah raising Elisha as his spiritual son. Now, you don't really see Elisha mentioned. So we see what happens, um, you know, when he again gets called, and then he doesn't make an appearance again until um, 2 Kings 2. But you have to just imagine. Because I just think, okay, so you've, in the in-between time, what we see is that Elijah goes to see um, a few kings, gives them some words. I just think... Do you know what? If he is raising up Elisha to be a prophet, then I'm pretty sure Elisha was probably tagging along. Then there was the whole story of like, um, I can't remember which king it was, but there was the, the whole thing of like the, the captain and his 50 guys in the army and he calls down fire on them and they all die and then it happens again. And then it gets to the, like, so that's like 100 people wiped out and it gets to the, the third captain and, and, and he's like pleading for his life, please don't do it. But actually, Elisha would have been there. Like, you don't raise someone as a spiritual son to learn the ropes from you and not have them around in your life to see what that looked like. And then you know, the angel of the Lord turns up to give the word to Elijah. You've got to think, well, Elisha would have seen what that looked like. He got accustomed to the things that Eli was normal for Elijah. So that actually when it happened to him, it wouldn't have been 
abnormal or unusual he kind of knew like well how do you speak to a king like what does this look like how do you how do you hear from God how do you how do you partner with this school of the prophets and all these other dudes that are kicking about in this camp then we're eating together and doing life together he actually learned from Elijah what that looked like and um so as I say we don't specifically hear anything about him so you just have to assume and imagine um, that's, that's what I think. You can make your own conclusions. But uh, Elisha, he modelled. So um, when we get to Two Kings Two, it's the whole thing of um, whenever um, Elijah's going to be taken up, and the prophets keep saying, "Oh, you know, he's going to be taken." He's like, "Shh, wished. I don't want to hear about it." And he keeps saying to Elijah over and over, "As the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you." And so he pursues and he presses in and he just models that intentionality um, of being like, I'm not actually, I'm not leaving you. Like, I'm, I'm going to be with you and, and that's what's going to happen. And then um, eventually um, we see um, a request that Elisha makes to Elijah for a double portion of his spirit. You all know the story. But actually what we need to understand is that in the old covenant in um, Deuteronomy, so Deuteronomy 21, 17, it says this, but he shall acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the unloved by giving him a double portion of all he has for he is the beginning of his strength to him belongs the right of the firstborn. So in um, the old Testament, when a father um, had several sons, say like he had four sons, then the firstborn son would get double. So say like he'd get 40% and then sons two, three, and four would each get 20%. And so actually what Elisha is basically saying is let me have the place as your firstborn son and let me receive the double portion. And I, I'd missed that for years. I'm like actually that's what was going on here. He was basically saying like, listen, I'm, I'm your son. Like this is what this is. What this is and I... That's what I want to receive from you. And so then um, in verse 11, it says this, and they still went on and talked. You can put that up, that's great. Um, and they still went on and talked. Behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. So notice that he didn't shout out, my prophet, my prophet, or my teacher, my teacher. He shouts out, my father, my father. And actually, that is a real key thing to actually signify and show, like, what kind of relationship did they have? This wasn't one of master-servant or boss or teacher and pupil. This was actually one of father and of son. Um, and I love that. I love that, actually, you know, Elijah gets the word from God of, like, this guy's going to succeed you as a prophet. And he doesn't just be like, oh, fine, okay, well, I'll anoint him with oil and then I'll just let him get on with it. Bye. Actually, he, he is diligent to take that word from God and partner with him to actually raise this, raise up Elisha, to actually um, be the son and prophet that he became. And what's amazing is, you know, there's so many miracles that Elisha did compared to Elijah. Actually, he totally, it's that his... Elijah's ceiling became Elisha's floor. It actually did. And what was fascinating as well is that, so for example, Elijah, we know he was fed by ravens and um, he also, an, and fed by an angel. But Elisha, um, he actually healed like a pot of stew that was like poisonous. And he actually fed a hundred um, hungry men with really very little, I think it was like 20 loaves of um, bread and some 
grains of uh, wheat or wheat or whatever you call that stuff. What do you call them? Heads of wheat. Um, and and so actually Elijah just really had to sit and wait for the provision. He had to sit and wait for the birds and to sit and wait and the angel came and fed him. But actually Elisha was actively involved in the transformation of an inedible meal and then actually in seeing food multiply. And so actually he did more than what Elisha did. It was like, you know, we're just, that's just one example. But Elijah, you know, fed by an angel and by ravens, Elisha actually joining in with heaven to, to participate in seeing the miracle happen. Um, and so Paul as well, he um, referred actually to both Timothy and Titus um, as his sons. So 1 Timothy 1, 2 says, To Timothy, my true son in the faith. And then Titus 1, 4 to Titus, my true son in our common faith. Um, and so I'm just going to pull out some of what Paul says, just as I kind of unpack Really, um, I guess this is just um, what I have learned and um, what I've experienced, but like what are some of the hallmarks um, of a spiritual um, father or mother? So first off, they believe in you and no matter what is going on in your life. So Jesus, as a spiritual father, he believed in the disciples. Actually, they were the ones that really no one else believed in. They hadn't made the cut, as it were, in terms of like, you know, formal ministry training. And yet he trained them and he loved them and he poured into those guys' lives and actually transformed them um, really to be men who turned the world upside down. And actually for whom I am thankful because I'm like, wow, I got to hear the gospel because actually it started with them going out. Um, and so actually Jesus believed in them and uh, that is what a spiritual parent does, a father or mother. And um, the next thing is that they, they spend time with you and they walk through life with you. Sometimes like, you know, Paul wrote to the churches and he's like, you know, I've been a father to you in the gospel because actually he was the one who preached the gospel and then saw them get saved. So in that respect, he was like a dad figure in their life. But actually a spiritual father is not one like far off, you know, several thousand miles away that you speak to once a year. Actually, it's someone up close and personal who sees you and can actually be part of your life. Um, they encourage you. Um, just through this list they are full of grace and no judgment and uh, the number of times I have you know divulged things especially when I was younger I used to make lots of stupid mistakes and then go and like have a chat to Teresa or to Andy and I literally just got met with so much grace and like zero judgment that I'm like wow I, I'm just being loved so well in this I can't I, that is oh my goodness, this is what the father is like. Um, and so that is what spiritual parents do. They also ask you direct questions that require a level of honesty and vulnerability that you may not be used to. Um, they provide a safe environment of acceptance, which really means that you feel um, empowered to grow and you're encouraged and actually strengthened to be like, I can take on the world. Um, because actually you're, you're, just, you're cheered on and poured into in a way that actually... Um, feel, makes you know who you are and, and solidifies your identity in God. Um, they actually continually adjust your perspective and your lens uh, to line up with God's. Um, and they trust you. 
Uh, Philippians 2:19 to 24 says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. This is Paul, obviously. Um, so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Christ, Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it goes with how, how it will go with me and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also so Paul massively trusted Timothy actually to be able to be like actually and send him as my son because he's really the next best thing apart from me that you can have and I I fully trust him to represent me well to 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 cheer you on to pour into you and actually um to to be what you need in this moment and that's a huge that was huge actually that Paul was sending someone else to go and, and speak to, you know, um, to the Philippians, um, who he obviously loved dearly. Um, the other thing about spiritual mother or father is that they complement a natural father or mother. Um, so I want you just to hear mother in my explanation too, because I'm not going to just keep saying father or mother. But so a spiritual father actually does not overstep the role of the natural father but actually respects the role that a biological father has. So for me personally, in my case, my own dad um, absolutely welcomes what Andy Merrick adds to my life. He's not threatened by it. He's not bothered by it. He loves it. He's just like, this is so good. Like you're getting to get more fathering in addition to what I do. Um, and so actually that is not, a, is not a threatening thing. It actually complements um, they're also willing to bring correction if needed. Um, remember, Jesus, um, after James and John uh, wanted to call down fire on the Samaritan village uh, because they didn't welcome him, he rebuked them and told them that they didn't know what spirit they were of, actually. And there are times that you might need to be rebuked. And actually, a spiritual mother or father is not um, scared to do that. They're willing to bring correction if it's needed. Um, they will push and stretch you for your own good because they want to see you grow. Um, they encourage ownership and responsibility. And that looks like in your life, just that you take responsibility th for things and actually you take ownership of the part that God wants you to play rather than thinking someone else will do it. Um, they are trailblazers and often battle many things actually so we don't have to. Um, and actually we can learn from their trials and we get to reap the benefits of their wisdom and their in insight. Um, they bring accountability, remembering this version of that definition that accountability is account of ability, not account of disability. And so actually what they do is they call out the goal, they help you to remember who you truly are in God and uh, encourage you to keep running the race. They give you access to their life, uh, the highs and the lows. Um, and... You know, to Timothy 3.10, Paul said this, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. So Timothy had full access. That's how he, you know, how he would have known all of those things would have been actually um, full access to Paul's life to actually be able to know how he lived and what his faith, his patience, his love, and his endurance looked like. Um, a spiritual mother or father have first learned to be a son or daughter themselves. Um, I would not say that that is the case, maybe in 100% of the cases, but actually there is definitely 
um, knowing that they are God's son or daughter is absolutely vital. Whether they themselves have had a spiritual mum or dad, that may not be the case. As I explained earlier, there's a dropping the ball thing that has been happening in generations. So actually lots of people who would be spiritual parents may never have had one. Or if they had, it may have been an unhelpful example of one. Um, they release an impartation into your life. Um, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Um, and by simply being around them, you pick up who they are. So um, 1 Corinthians 4.17, For this reason I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So Timothy was able to actually represent Paul because he really had caught something of his spiritual DNA actually by being around him. So they also release an inheritance to you. So um, what they fought for um, actually can become your blessing. You did nothing to earn it. It's actually just a grace gift that's added to you, uh, added to your journey to propel you forward. Uh, they've got a deep desire for their ceiling to be your floor and for you to take what they've given you and to go beyond them. Not to receive it and then have a wee seat. Actually, we're running a race. We are not sitting still. Um, <laughs> I sometimes have to say that to people. I'm like, get up. Don't sit down. Come on. Right, run. Um, uh, and also they have a massive heart and a real goal um, to see you transformed into the imaging and maturity of Christ so that you can, yourself can become a father or mother and raise healthy spiritual children yourself. And what I love actually in Romans 16, 21, so Paul keeps talking about Timothy his son, Timothy his son, Timothy his son. And then Romans 16, 21, he says, Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you greetings. And so I think, you, you can totally disagree with me. That's absolutely fine. But I think that there was a point in time in the relationship where it changed. And yes, he was still his son, but actually they became peers um, in the gospel, actually, to see um, all that God wanted um, to happen. And they did it together. Um, so spiritual parents, they recognize, they raise up, they release, they resource. And love really is at the fore of all that they do. Um, and just as a wee kind of note, I put NB NB in my notes. Actually, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings about the connection. It isn't a forced joining, but it is a Holy Spirit-led one. So I am, I am not someone who goes about being like, I'm going to be your spiritual mother, and I'm going to choose you, 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 and you. Now, come and learn from me. No, that is not how this works at all. It is a Holy Spirit-led thing. And actually, the way that it has worked for me is that actually I... Um, I just, I intentionally pursued um, Andy and Teresa um, as a young 20-something and actually it's just been something that God did. He spoke to me, he spoke to them and actually then it just became a kind of an official Jan is adopted as our spiritual daughter. The same with Nicola. Did I decide, oh, Nicola's going to be my spiritual daughter? No, it was a God thing. God spoke to her first, then he spoke to me and then, and then it happened. Um, and so the question then, you okay you're like right I've, I've god spoken to me found you my spiritual mother or father is i feel like led to pursue this person so what now how do you actually connect to a spiritual mother or father as a as a spiritual kid so my top tips are you ready um so first is this intentionally pursue them i mean it seems very obvious but 
often people just sit around and expect things to happen and that is not how life works. Actually, you kind of have to make an effort and be like, do you know what? I would like to spend some time with you. Are you free to go for a coffee? So Nicola, just pick her as an example, was like, Jan, are you free for a coffee? I'm like, um, yeah, let me look at my diary. And so we found a date and then we met for coffee. And to be honest, to start with, it was frankly a bit awkward. And I actually was like, Nicola, if we're going to meet up for a coffee, I need you to ask me questions. Um, and so that is one, that is my next one. Ask great questions and come ready with questions. Because actually for a relationship to work, it definitely needs to be two-way. And for a time, it was me asking lots of questions um, and me being like, come on, Nicola, you can do this. Ask me some back. Um, and she's amazing. She's absolutely grown so much and I love her. She's amazing. Um, but ask great questions, come ready with them. Uh, and... If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Now, Nicola, she pursued me, and that looked like we met for coffee, and then she tried to get another date in the diary with me, and that's always interesting, because my diary is planned well ahead of time, and there's often not many slots left. And she kept trying, and then she kept being like, I want to see you, I want to see you, and I'm like, okay, well, I can see you in a month, or whatever it was, and she just, she didn't stop, she kept on keeping on, and actually, I would encourage anyone who is connecting with a spiritual father or mother to do the same, um, be hungry to pull out of them all that you can, it is about heart posture, actually, if you are, if your heart is postured to be like, actually, there are things that you could probably teach me, and that I can learn from you, and you ask, you're asking questions, you can actually it's like pushing the, <laughs> it's like, do you ever remember when you're in school that like, you would get like a can of Coke out of the machine and like three would bounce down and you're like, yes, oh my goodness. And then you're able to give like free ones out. I don't know if that ever happened to anyone, but it used to happen in my school. We would just get these, you know, anomalies where like extra things would appear out of the Coke machine. But it's like that. Actually, you push to get one thing and cha-ching, 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 all these other things fall and you're like, wow, oh my goodness, I just got way more than I bargained for. Um... So uh, the other thing is ask for feedback um, and be ready to learn and adjust after feedback. Um, share with them what, the, what you feel God has put you on planet Earth to accomplish, what you're called to do, what do you feel God's been speaking to you about, about what you're here for, so that they can actually encourage you and um, into that and provide actually opportunities for you to be stretched um, and to grow in those things. Um, so I, you know, I know a lot of what Nicola's called to do, not everything. And so I throw her in the deep end often so that she can grow and be stretched. And she smiles politely at me and her eyes tell me, you're not going to make me do this, are you? And I, and I nod and then she loves it. And afterwards it's like, that was awesome. I totally grew. Thank you so much. Um, but at the time it's not... Uh, always the most fun. Uh, so be willing to be stretched, pushed out of your comfort zone and thrown in the deep end. Um, aim to be their greatest encourager. Think of specific things you love and appreciate about them and tell them often how you feel about them and remind them who God says they are because actually you might be one of the very few people who do this. So for example, uh, this is the kind of thing I do to Andy and Teresa and this could apply to either of them. I think actually when I did this, I, was just, I pulled a few together that I'd given to different ones but here's five so I'll do things like this like five things I love about you this is it your relentless hunger to see and experience more of God than you've had whilst being super appreciative of all that you have had 
that healing stories of all shapes, types and sizes fire you up and cause the awe of God to fill your soul. Your willingness to be obedient and say yes to God at any cost. Your massive heart and the way you love and choose to keep on loving even your enemies. How wise you are. And then a snippet of something that I sent to Andy and Teresa recently. I like to find lots of creative ways to love them and encourage them. So I took an extract from Philippians 1 in the message and I made it into a Jan version. And this is what it says. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with me, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. All along you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. He knows how much I love you. Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. And mostly they're messed up because I send them these things, a WhatsApp, you know, just, I'm like, oh, and I love them and encourage them. And actually when you find your spiritual parent, bless their socks off by like pouring in love and encouragement that is extreme because it will undo them. So uh, the next thing, uh, pray for them, listen to God's heart for them and prophesy over them regularly. Uh, make sure that, that they know that you have their back and mean it. So personally, like, I, I, not so much here, but in the school for years, um, I used to sit behind Andy and Teresa every single week as a physical demonstration that I'm like, I've got your back. I actually have your back. Uh, and actually, it was just me demonstrating a heart reality. Uh, be committed and dependable and let your yes be your yes. Very important. And often one that people forget is really valuable actually being um dependable and committed and when you say yes to something let it be yes that is so vital like it's um yeah i'll just leave that one there uh, be willing to trust them more than you trust yourself now calm down don't react to that yet because sometimes what i mean by that is that sometimes we can have a blind spot or we can be completely deceived in an area and we just can't see and actually, there are times when you actually need the voice of a loving spiritual parent to speak into your life. And you're like, uh, I'm not sure, actually, that I agree with what you're saying. But you obviously can see something I can. And I am prepared to trust you in this, which is huge to do that. Uh, because I actually, I'm not sure that I am seeing the full picture. And I feel like maybe you are seeing something I am not So... And there are times that I've done that. I mean, I, you know, if you've heard my story, I was caught up in lots of unhealthy relationships with men in my past, in my 20s. And I've had trees that would be like, you need to wipe this man from your life. And I'm like, I can't do that. You're going to wipe the man from your life. I can't do that. You're and literally, she had to like hold my hand through the process of getting rid of a guy in my life because I couldn't see that I was completely deceived and that this was a whopping blind spot. And actually, you know, all these years later, I'm like, I'm so glad you did that uh, because I just was not seeing clearly in the moment. And I needed her to be that voice of reason and of love and of support in my life at that time. Um, so that is what I mean by that. Be willing to trust them more than you trust yourself because we can be deceived or have blind spots and we actually need that loving voice. Um, keep your love on. Don't make assumptions, but always choose to believe the best and then check. Hey, like, just help me understand. Like, what did you mean when you said this? Um, if you need more information on that, then have a listen to my 
Oh no, it's not online. No, you can't. I was going to say you can listen to my preach, but it didn't get recorded. So, oh well. Talk to me if you need to have any more tips or pointers on that one. Um, be honest and vulnerable and choose to be known. Uh, let them see you, warts and all, because uh, that builds trust. Uh, be willing to defer to their gifting and trust God in them and lay down your life to serve uh, them and make them look like geniuses. Um, because actually it's not, I, I want, you know, like for Andy and Teresa, I want them to just be, like to just flourish, be who they are, walk in all that God's got them for them to do. And actually just, and if you listen to my last preach where I talk about submission and serving, actually what happens is you come into your destiny and into all that God's called you to do actually as you, you know, serve and lay your life down. So for legacy to work in our family, we actually need, we need God to show us who our spiritual parents are, who is it that's ahead of us that we can learn from um, and catch up with actually so that we can run together. Who are those that you're called to run alongside so that we can be iron sharpening iron and those that you're called to be connected to and do life with and who is God calling you to invest in and pour into and raise up. Um, and so what I'm going to do now great for time, uh, is that we're actually going to be courageous for a moment. Um, and what I'm going to do is we're going to pray for two groups of people. And so the first group um, is going to be, if you, um, if you know that you are a spiritual parent or that you feel like God's called you to be one, but you are not actually functioning that way yet, I want to invite you to stand. So if you know that you are a spiritual pain or that God has called you to be one but you aren't functioning that way yet. I want to invite you to stand because we're going to pray for you. And I want you just to close your eyes and then everyone who's sitting, you're going to be the ones who pray and we're going to have a corporate declaration prayer that's going to be behind me. So those who are standing, you're just going to get to receive from God right now and then those sitting, we're going to pray for you. Are you ready? We receive you as spiritual parents in the body of Christ and say to you, we need you and we give you permission to be fully who you are in this family. We bless your courage and thank you for the way that you have relentlessly pursued God and your willingness to be obedient and always give him your yes. We bless you for all the sacrifices you have made over the years. We bless you to be the spiritual parent God has called you to be and thank you for your heart to pass on and pour in all you've learned so that you can raise up sons and daughters who will become spiritual parents. May you know in your deepest being just how fully and completely the Father accepts you and rejoices over you and we do too. Amen. Okay, if you want to grab a seat. And now I want to invite you to stand if actually you would like to have a spiritual parent raise you up as a son or a daughter. Now, you're not responding to me, actually. This is you responding really to God to let him see your heart's desire so that he can meet that need and set it up for you to have someone that can pour into your life and raise you up. So if that's you, I want to invite you to stand and we're going to pray for you. And I just want to encourage you, like, you can be any age to want to have a spiritual parent. Okay, if those who are seated, we're going to pray for you now. So if you want to close your eyes, those that are standing. 
we receive you as spiritual children in the body of Christ and say to you, we need you and we give you permission to be fully who you are in this family. We bless you with courage to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not to lean on your own understanding. We bless you with wisdom to walk with Holy Spirit, make great choices and develop your full potential in Christ. We bless you to be the spiritual child you desire to be and bless your relational connection with spiritual parents. We bless your journey with God and declare that you will grow in time to become a spiritual parent who will raise up children yourself. May you know in your deepest being just how fully and completely the Father accepts you and rejoices over you, and we do too. Amen. So I just want to sit down, that would be great. And uh, so I just want to pray now for us all, and then we're going to have tea and coffee. Um, so Father, I just want to thank you. I thank you that actually that you sent Jesus to planet Earth to model what being a father to the disciples was first. I thank you for the example of Paul and the example of Elijah and scripture that we can learn from. And um, I just want to, I just want to pray that as a church family, that we will be a people who receive all that the previous generation have um, had from you, that we will not be ones who drop the ball or miss out on all that you have. Actually, I just declare that we are going to receive an honour and and um, build on all that comes our way and that we're going to run our own races and that we're going to run together and that we're going to pass on to the ones coming behind what you um, have given to us. And so, Father, we just want to commit to be um, a people where there is a, a repeat cycle of one generation passing brilliantly on the revelation and the treasures and the goodies that you have given them and that we keep on passing and passing and passing so that in 252 years time actually there will be um, a community, a church family who know who they are, who um, actually legacy really is a core value in their life because actually they just build on everything that has come their way and take it further and then and then pass it on and those ones take it further and pass it on. So Father, we want to commit to what that looks like and I want to pray just for connections all across this church family. God, you've seen the heart's desires. You've seen the spiritual fathers and mothers who've stood, who want to raise up sons and daughters. You've seen the sons and daughters who want to be connected to spiritual parents. And so Holy Spirit, I want to pray. We just give you permission to orchestrate all of that and we just thank you that you're going to do it and that it will be amazing. And so we trust you for what that will look like. I want to pray that you would, um, for the spiritual kids, that you would highlight to them, actually, who are the person, who's the pair of people, who are the, who's the, the man or the woman or the, the couple or just, the, or, you know, whoever it is, highlight to them who are the ones that you want them to intentionally pursue. And um, I pray that actually the, the things that have been shared would just almost remain in their heads so that when they meet with them, that they can ask great questions. They can be willing to be stretched. They can honour, love, be the greatest encouragers and be willing to serve. And uh, Father, I thank you for, um, yeah, who you are to us. Thank you that, that, you know, Jesus, you were the one who came to serve and to lay your life down for us. And I want to pray that we would do that willingly with one another. And that actually we would um, we would be a family where actually we get to recognise, raise up, release, and um, encourage 
everyone and that we would all fulfill I want to just pray that for for each of us that we would we would fulfill the call of God in our lives because we've got parents pouring into us brothers and sisters running alongside and cheering us on and that actually we're able to pass on all that you've given us for revelation into the spiritual sons and daughters you're calling us to raise up so we thank you in advance for all that this is going to look like and we praise you and we just say you're amazing we love you and uh, we give you all the glory. Thank you that family is your idea. And uh, I pray that you would help us to do it really well. Amen.